Hi everyone, welcome back to the OrthoBullets podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of metatarsus adductus found under the pediatric section at orthobullets.com. Let's begin with a quick summary. Metatarsus adductus is a common congenital condition in infants that is thought to be caused by intrauterine positioning that leads to abnormal adduction of the forefoot at the tarsometatarsal joint. Diagnosis is made clinically with medial deviation of the forefoot with normal alignment of the hindfoot. Treatment is generally non-operative with stretching if the deformity can be passively corrected and with casting if the deformity is rigid. Surgical management is indicated for patients with progressive deformities who fail non-operative management. Now let's get into the episode. In terms of the incidence, remember that this occurs in approximately 1 in 1,000 births. There's an equal frequency in males and females, and it occurs bilaterally approximately in 50% of cases. There's an increased incidence in late pregnancy first pregnancies, twin pregnancies, and oligohydramnios. Conditions that are associated include DDH, which occurs in about 15-20% to of cases, and torticollis. In terms of the mechanism, it is thought to be related to packaging disorders caused by intrauterine positioning. Moving on to the presentation, in terms of the symptoms, parents will typically complain of intoeing, usually in the first year of life. On exam, tickling the foot can allow evaluation of active correction. And when evaluating for intoeing, if it is due to metatarsus adductus, then one will note that the forefoot is adducted, the lateral foot borders convex instead of straight, a medial soft tissue crease indicates a more rigid deformity, and there may be normal hindfoot and subtalar motion. If it is due to femoral antiversion, then hip motion demonstrates greater than 70 degrees of internal rotation since normal is 30 to 60 degrees and there is decreased external rotation. The patella may also be internally rotated. If it is due to tibial torsion, then one should observe the foot-thigh angle in the prone position. Greater than 10 degrees of internal rotation is indicative of tibial torsion, since normal is between 0 and 20 degrees of external rotation. Now let's discuss the classification of metatarsus adductus. This can be done with one of two classification systems. The Blick classification is done by using the heel bisector method. A normal patient has a heel bisector line through the second and third toe web space. A patient with mild metatarsus adductus has a heel bisector line through third toe. With moderate metatarsus adductus, the heel bisector line goes through the third and fourth toe web space, and severe is when the heel bisector line goes through the fourth and fifth toe web space. The other classification system is the Berg classification. A patient is considered to have a simple metatarsus adductus when only metatarsus adductus is present. It is complex if there is metatarsus adductus in a lateral shift of the midfoot. It is a skew foot if there is metatarsus adductus in a valgus hindfoot, and it is a complex skew foot, also referred to as a serpentine foot, if there is metatarsus adductus, a lateral shift, in a valgus hindfoot. In terms of imaging, radiographs are only indicated in older children. And in terms of the differential, remember to think about metatarsus adductus where there will be medial deviation of the forefoot with normal alignment of the hindfoot. Think about internal tibial torsion where the thigh foot angle is greater than 10 degrees internal rotation, and femoral antiversion, where there is internal rotation greater than 70 degrees and less than 20 degrees of external rotation, which is tested in the prone position. Also remember that further workup is necessary if intoeing is associated with pain, limb length discrepancy, progressive deformity, a family history positive for rickets, skeletal dysplasias, or mucopolysaccharidoses, and limb rotational profiles to standard deviations outside of normal. For foot deformities, the differential also includes club foot, atavistic great toe, 
also known as congenital hallux varus, skew foot, and serpentine foot, also known as complex skew foot. Remember that this is a condition that can be considered on the axis of severity of metatarsus adductus. It is residual tarsometatarsal adductus, talonavicular lateral subluxation, and hindfoot valgus. It is different from metatarsus adductus in that non-operative treatment and casting are ineffective at correcting the deformity. With regards to treatment for metatarsus adductus, remember that this is often treated with non-operative means. This is because it is a benign condition that resolves spontaneously in 90% of cases by age 4. If there is a flexible deformity that can be actively corrected to midline, then no treatment is required. If there are flexible deformities that can be passively corrected to midline, then serial stretching by parents at home is required. If there's a rigid deformity with a medial crease, then serial casting with the goal of obtaining a straight lateral border of the foot is the treatment that is required. Operative options include tarsal metatarsal capsulotomies. This is indicated in patients aged 2 to 4 years with failed non-operative management. Another option is a lateral column shortening and medial column open osteotomy with multiple metatarsal osteotomies. This is indicated in patients that are greater than 5 years old, as the deformity may correct with growth until this age. In resistant cases that fail non-operative treatment, usually with the medial skin crease, or in severe deformities which produce difficulty with shoe wear and pain. In terms of the technique, a lateral column shortening can be done with cuboid closing wedge osteotomies, and a medial column lengthening includes a cuneiform opening wedge osteotomy with a medial capsular release and abductor hallucis longus recession for atavistic first toe. For serpentine foot, operative options include an opening wedge and closing wedge osteotomy. This is indicated if the serpentine deformity is symptomatic and significantly limits function. Operative treatment is difficult and oftentimes deformity is accepted and observed. In terms of the technique, the calcaneal osteotomy is performed for hindfoot valgus. A possible midfoot osteotomy is used to correct midfoot and forefoot deformities. And one may also need to perform multiple metatarsal osteotomies with forefoot pinning and tarsometatarsal capsular release, which is referred to as a Hamann procedure. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that long-term studies show that residual metatarsus adductus is not related to pain or decreased foot function, and it is associated with late medial cuneiform obliquity, not hallux valgus. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to metatarsus adductus, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A newborn child is born with metatarsus adductus bilaterally. The bilateral feet correct passively with manipulation, but also actively on observation. The ankle has full supple range of motion in plantar flexion and dorsiflexion. Which of the following is the next best step in management? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Serial manipulations and casting. Choice 2. Tarsometatarsal capsulotomies and Achilles lengthening. Choice 3. Ponsetti method casting and Achilles tenotomy. Choice 4. Parental manipulation and stretching. Or choice 5. Parental reassurance and observation. The best answer to this question is Choice 5. Parental reassurance and observation. The patient has correctable metatarsus adductus for which the best treatment is parental education and reassurance and observation. Metatarsus adductus is a congenital foot deformity of unknown etiology and pathogenesis. It may be related to quote-unquote packing of the infant in the uterus and due to intrauterine positioning. Classification is based on the heel bisector line with the more lateral line representing a more severe deformity. Deformities that are flexible can be treated with observation 
with a 90-95% to rate of spontaneous correction. Rigid deformities should undergo serial manipulation and casting prior to 6 months of age. Surgery is reserved for patients older than 3 years of age or those with rigid deformities that have not responded to serial manipulation. The publication by Forsetti et al. followed 31 patients and 45 feet total with metatarsus adductus treated non-operatively for an average of 32 years and 6 months. They found that all passively correctable deformities resolved spontaneously and had no poor results. They concluded that operative intervention is not needed in patients with mild or moderate metatarsus adductus deformities. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Serial manipulation and casting is reserved for instances when the foot is rigidly fixed in a severely adducted position and is not correctable. Choice 2. Tarsometatarsal capsulotomies may be performed in children aged 2 to 4 or who have failed to improve since birth. Achilles lengthening would only be indicated if there was the presence of a tight heel cord. Choice 3. The Ponsetti method is used primarily for club foot deformities. Choice 4. Parental manipulation could be used if the foot could only be corrected passively. For the second question, consider the following. Metatarsis adductus in a newborn should initially be treated with which of the following? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Observation with possible stretching. Choice 2. Serial casting. Choice 3. Medial surgical release. Choice 4. Posterior medial surgical release. Or choice 5. Dynamic ankle foot orthosis. The best answer to this question is, choice 1, observation with possible stretching. Mild to moderate metatarsis adductus is best treated with observation and possible passive stretching exercises because most of these feet will self-correct. Numerous types of shoes, braces, and splints have been devised but the efficacy of these has not been determined. Serial casting is reserved for severe metatarsis adductus in the infant, although a medial surgical release may be indicated if the deformity is symptomatic and persists beyond age of 4 years. That's all for this review about metatarsis adductus. We hope that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session from OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on orthobullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the OrthoBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the OrthoBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.